Hey, Fifth Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What's going on, everyone? Welcome into another edition of Subjectively Speaking on the Inside the Rank Podcast Network. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And Laura, we have one more episode of really, really shoddy audio from me before I have my microphone back. My dad spent money on himself before Christmas, which is like a rule that you're not supposed to do. Can we all agree? It's like Correct. a rule. You don't do that. Uh, but he bought um, speakers for the basement and he, which like, to be fair, was not buying him. So like, he's fine in that regard. But in the video he sent me of the music playing, I can see my podcast microphone and I'm like, son of a bitch, I want it so bad. <laughs> but anyway, welcome in everybody. Hopefully, hopefully you're not too sick of hearing the cackling that is this audio and I promise it'll be better soon. But welcome in. We're glad you're here. We've got some fun stuff to talk about, some interesting I mean, they never keep it dull and boring, that's for sure. So we've got some interesting Blue Jacket stuff to talk about, some off-the-ice stuff. So it's going to be a good one. But, Laura, how are you doing? It is our last episode, I think, before yeah, before Christmas. I'm, like, trying to do the math in my head. And so just one more, one more episode to go, and then the holiday is here. So how are you doing? How, how are things? What does Christmas look like for you this year? Um, first I am so tired. Um, it has been an absolute, um, crazy, like week and a half at work. Um, you know, we've talked about before that like my job is kind of opposite of your job. You're very busy in like the beginning of the semester, whereas my life is absolute chaos at the end of the semester because all students try their best at the beginning of the semester and then at the end, they try and cut corners and um, cheat their way through their final exams. Uh, so my life has been nothing but um, dealing with uh, trouble um, from my students the last couple of weeks. But I'm in the home stretch. I only have to work half of tomorrow or today when you're listening to this. Um, but... Yeah, it's um the holidays are going to be interesting. Um as we sort of alluded to, um I've been going through some interesting stuff. Still going to be super vague about it. Um but a appointment that I've been waiting a very long time for is happening uh this week. Um so I'm just hoping for uh some clarity or at least some peace of mind to get me through the holidays. So if you've got any extra positive energy, send it my way. Um, that would be very um, appreciated. But other than that, um, I'm going to be with my family from uh, today, the 21st, um, all the way through Christmas. Um, so between uh, spending Christmas with my dad on the 23rd and then actual Christmas with my mom. So lots of family time. Uh, my stepdad has already requested baking at his and my dad's house on Friday. So I know for sure we're making thumbprint cookies. And I think we're also making cookout or cookouts, cutout cookies <laughs> for all the yes. kids. 
Um, so we shall see. We'll we'll also see how much of a mess my dad is comfortable with in his kitchen because it'll be the day before everyone is supposed to be coming over to his house for Christmas. And I have a feeling that his cleanliness anxiety on high alert at that point. So just bring the kitchen aid. Oh, Chris has one. It's just my dad is a because like cut out cookies you have to roll out like on the counter. Sure. They do invent things that clean that. No, I know. It's just my dad. You've seen my dad's house before. I have. It's like, stylish. It is everything that you would think it is and more. It is quite simply, usually, it's befitting of being in a magazine. It's really yeah. pretty lovely. Yeah. Yeah. It is the pinnacle of tidy. And so we'll see how far his anxiety can stretch with that. But he's also, he himself has also assigned to me like, two different cooking things to do for him while I'm there. So he's going to have to just deal with it. But so, you know, lots of time with my family, lots of times with my nieces and nephews, which I'm very excited about. Um, So yeah, just looking forward to a few days. I'll be happy to come home to Columbus by the time Christmas has come to an end, but, and all of my major baking is done. I think I've made, Pit cells included. I've made like 45 or 47 dozen cookies. It's insane. In the last like two weeks. Because I've made 30 dozen pit cells between foul. Right. (laughs) Between the weekend that I did them with Megan and then I had to do another batch this past weekend. So I've done 30 dozen pizzelles, but then I made five different other kinds of cookies. And each one of those was at least three dozen. So it's like 45 plus. I'm like not going to be able to step foot in your house. (laughs) Oh, the smell is strong, but I'm going to make you anyway. So That's fair. But yeah, so that's my life. A little bit of up and down and then the holidays. So a joy. Yeah. So how are you? I'm not bad. I am looking forward to I'm never looking forward to the drive. I hate it's so boring. (laughs) It's so boring. Uh, But I will be driving back down to Ohio today as you're listening. So excited about that for the holidays. I I'm just in that precarious situation where like I I am somebody who has to travel home for the holidays, right? Like that's just too that's my life situation right now. And I'm beginning to like not dread that. That's not the word. I think the thing that I'm missing that everybody else I'm around at work is talking about is that whole idea of like I'm gonna use this time to like catch up on my shows or like I'm gonna use this time to I'm like I'm never alone. Like I will not be alone from tomorrow until like January 2nd. And if you know anything about me and Laura, you can attest to this. I have become really like my alone time has become important to me. Like I have become way more introverted than I used to be. I still think I lean extrovert, but like there is a part of me that requires that just respite from the craziness that is the world right now and I don't ever get it when I come home and I'm just like 
So that part, like, I'm, like, going to figure out a way. I'm going to talk to my therapist in the morning about, like, how to manage that and, like, how to, like, set boundaries to, like, when I'm, like, actually, like, at a point where I'm, like, I can't be around people that I could just, like, go into, like, the little guest room at my dad's and, like, shut the door. <laughs> I could not feel bad about that. But, yeah, no. So, but I am looking forward to it. It's, it's going to be fun. I've got all sorts of stuff planned, it seems like, already. I think I'm, like, already thinking about, I think the 27th feels like the first day that I don't have something going on. And actually, I think I just lied. I think I have something going on the 27th, but it might not on the 26th. I don't know. Anyway, I'll figure it out. But essentially, like, all the things, right? Like, holidays with Corinne, holidays with my dad's family, holidays trying to see my mom's family, like, all that stuff is just extraordinarily chaotic. And then also, like, seeing my best friend, Laura, of course. I was going to say, am I on the list you are it's like but we're not going to see each other until like probably like toward the back end of everything though because like it's just like our schedules you'll be in up north and i'll be which is probably fair but like, like i'll be back the evening of the 25th so yes, like we'll see each other it'll be fine it'll be great it'll be lovely because i one day i'm going to a dinner i can't remember if that's the 27th the 28th i don't know what's going on i'm trying to keep up with my own calendar and it's not happening i don't put my personal life things on my work calendar and i think i need to start doing that because like i never forget when things are happening at work that is true like i just need to start doing that but either way so that visit will be fun um uh, and yeah i'm like done with work for the semester which is crazy i go back on january 3rd so yeah it'll be nice to just like breathe Yes, we both get off from Christmas to New Year's. So one of the small joys of higher education. And that's not even true for all institutions. Like not all institutions close between Christmas talking, and New Year's. I was talking to a friend that worked at another school. And um, he was like, yeah, I have to take vacation time. Like even though the university is closed, I have to use two days of vacation during this time. I said, that doesn't make any goddamn sense. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? Yeah, ew. It doesn't feel like it's legal, but I digress because I'm not a lawyer. But I really don't want to be one. I think not that's okay. Life. You don't have to. Thank you so much. Thank you. But yeah, so, uh, you know, Laura, I oftentimes struggle with segueing into talking about actual hockey because sometimes it's just confusing. You mean all the times it's just confusing? Yes. And I am feeling exceptionally confused recently about everything related to being a hockey fan, specifically a Blue Jackets fan. And uh, as you're listening to this, Tuesday night's result, but as we're talking about it, last night's result against the Buffalo Sabres is just another indication that things are just so weird with this team it's just another indication that the it's a possibility for them to be good it's yes. just they can't do it consistently yeah no they can't they sure can't and you know i will obviously go more in depth but there are obviously some good things that i saw out of that game where yes it's a little crazy and it's definitely you saw some ptsd coming out of folks in the third period when buffalo started scoring but I mean, they, hey, they stopped them this time. 
they sure did. And I have a player that I want to shout out because of that here in a little bit. But yeah, I don't know. It's just been weird to watch this team go through what it's gone through. Obviously, they lost against New Jersey, and then you're going into this game against um, against Buffalo, and you're like David Juracek was scratched for it. Brendan Gauntz went in for the injured. Well, for the injured and for the broken and for the not so good at hockey, and <laughs> you know, and all the things, all the things. It just like. Going into that game on Tuesday, Blue Jackets Twitter was a miss. They didn't know what was going on. People were even tweeting, like, who have no relation to the Blue Jackets, no fandom, no anything, and just work in hockey, cover hockey, just being like, I have no idea what Pascal Vincent's doing anymore. And it's like, <laughs> I'm amazed that you're tuning in, bud. Like, that doesn't make sense that you're, like, paying attention to this, but, like, that's how wacky this whole thing has been over the course of the last couple of weeks, and so... Yeah, people were noticing how weird it was, but it worked out. So, like, it just is a weird play. Like, nothing makes sense right now. We go into games, and I have no idea what to expect. I am never certain of how things are going to turn out or how I'm going to feel afterward. Yeah, well, in all fairness, I think, um, knowing our history, once the Blue Jackets reached five goals, I think everyone around the league tuned in because they were like, oh, are they going to do it again? Are they going to give up five goals and make this ridiculous? Um, and then as our goal number kept climbing and got to seven by the end of the second period, um, I think people were really losing their minds because like you and I texted back and forth with each other. Like you can't fucking trust this team. Like you just can't. Um, so I do think that that sort of, turned everyone in the general hockey world and because there were a lot of games last night like there were quite a few teams that were playing last night and then we suddenly got um a lot of the attention um not only for the final score but obviously we'll go more in depth but Kirill Marchenko is just absolutely stunner of a game and a hat trick and the play heard around the world that is already being talked about, about being, you know, a play of the year um, situation. So there's just a lot of weird blue jackets related things happening that were drawing a lot of attention. So, and then of course, you know, the rumors of like, we're trading away the whole team. If someone would give us the right amount of money. I mean, yeah, and that's the part of it that we haven't really even talked about, just you and I. Like, I feel like the trading, the, like, rumors and all that kind of stuff for the goaltender, I, mostly because I don't think that you're in a place to talk about that, but also because I, it's just, like, it feels like there's just a lot of noise right now in relation to it. But, yeah, I mean, it's just been, I feel like this team has not been quiet, like, at all for the last three or four years. Like, I want to almost experience it. I don't know how to describe it. It just doesn't feel like we're ever like just having hockey happen. <laughs> it doesn't ever feel like hockey is just happening and we're okay with it. It feels like it's a lot of waiting for the other shoe to drop. Or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of been that way essentially since we traded Pierre-Luc Dubois for Patrick Laine um in the beginning of the 
shortened COVID season. Um, and pretty much ever since then, we have found a way to, if we're not in the news for bad, weird things, we're in the news for weird, good things. And we just, there is no middle ground. Like, we get Patrick Laine, everyone loses their shit. Uh, then that summer, everyone leaves, you know, Nick leaves, uh, David Savard is traded or Nick and David Savard are both traded. Cam Atkinson leaves, Seth Jones leaves, like all these sorts of things. Um, and then we move into like, I don't even know. It was the last season with torts and we were really bad and like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then we get Johnny Gaudreau and then we get this terrible situation with Mike Babcock and then we get Adam Fantilli. Like it's just, we are, you know, we make a fool out of ourselves on a global stage when we're in Finland, like, you know, just all, we just ebb and flow with being a laughing stock and a underdog success story. Yeah. It feels like we've been focusing a lot more on the former and less on <laughs> <laughs> uh which sucks but we're gonna get to the latter hopefully soon mm-hmm. here's hoping but yeah it just look i mean honestly what is there more what more is there to do than i think talk about the things that feel the most essential to this team right now which is of course you know i think we can talk about the games as part of this but maybe not breaking down the games exactly game for game but like there are players that are surely cementing themselves as talented NHL roster players and have developed an extraordinary chemistry in our Russian line. Uh, call it the third line, call it the second line, call just call it, please call it. Uh, because it's been the, the feel-good story of the last few weeks, I think, for Blue Jackets fans. Um, you've got, obviously, another injury. Laura, you talked about it. When we recorded last week, I was the optimist and you were the the realist and said, no, it's probably a broken collarbone and like his, <laughs> his clavicle's fucked. So like, right? Like, so like, yeah, he's out for six weeks. That sucks. Like, sounds right. You know what I mean? Like, of course he is. So that obviously is a big part of what's going on with this team right now. But I guess like really like where do you want to start? Where do you want to start on this roulette board that is everything going on with this team and, and the storylines that are important to it? Well, I mean, I think – um chronologically it's easiest to start with Patrick's injury because that's the most it was the most recent thing like literally it was announced like the morning out right before we released the episode it was announced that he had indeed broken his clavicle and I did call the exact time that he's expected to be out I did say six weeks um so yeah Patrick Laine broke his clavicle um if I knew and I like Jeremy said, he was more optimistic about it. But I knew the second that he hit those boards that he broke something. Like, I could just, I could see it in his face. And I just, like, felt it. I was like, oh, yeah, he definitely, like, you know, he either separated his, no, I'm glad he didn't separate his shoulder because that would have been end of the season for him because he would have had to have surgery just like Zach and Danforth and Bean and everyone else who had a shoulder injury last season. Um, but yeah, so it is official. He broke his clavicle, um, and will be out for six weeks. So he's 
up hanging out with Boone and Jack Rosselvick and Damon Severson. Um, and I think that's everyone. Am I missing someone that's injured? Oh, Adam Belquist. Yeah, I was um so uh. so we are unfortunately without Patrick, but I think we are going to see also something that I mentioned in this conversation too, is a switch of um, focus for the coaching staff um, with, again, not that I would ever wish injury on someone or like, or that I'm happy that Patrick is injured. I'm not. Um, But I do think that the coaching staff is now going to fully switch their focus to prioritizing the kids you know, prioritizing this Russian line that we've put together, like, because Johnny is starting to get real chemistry with Adam Fantilli, like, so he's performing again. So now they can put all this attention and focus into our incredibly young roster, which is what everyone's been calling for this whole, this whole time. So I do think that change is on its way. Yeah, I mean, it has to be, right? You look at the box score even just for this last game against Buffalo, and, I mean, the forwards that stand out on this list to me are the outliers. You've got Brendan Gons is at 12 and a half minutes, and then you've got Ken Johnson and Emil Bemstrom and Alexander Texier all kind of within a minute of each other, like 13, 14 minutes. Then everybody else is kind of in that same – range right like 14 to 16 minutes for most of the forwards Justin Danforth at 1707 uh so he led the team uh from the forward uh position with time on ice and it you know it's interesting to see that shift begin to happen because you're right like I mean over the course of the last few weeks it feels like that line even though it has existed for a few weeks it hasn't really gotten the opportunity to play in an effective way or be put in positions to be the it line until recently right and that was maybe happening in in the midst of patrick's injury but it's really become front and center here as the team has kept moving forward after that game and so i'm excited to see how he continues to he being pascal vincent how he continues to put these guys into positions to have meaningful minutes and make a difference in games because it really has been it's, it's what we've talked about the whole season in a way is like, it just feels like these young guys are, are, you know, are the reason this team is even generating anything. And these veterans are just failing to step up and, and be a presence. Well, now it's like Boone Jenner's out, Patrick Klein. Like, I mean, like you're getting to a place where like you kind of, you kind of just have your young guys left. <laughs> And so they're getting these opportunities and they're, they're proving themselves in them. And I think that that's really cool. I think that's a good place to be if you're the blue jackets, you know, it's obviously better than the alternative. It doesn't look like these guys are shitting the bed when they have the opportunity. And I think that that's, you do everything you can, I think, to make sure that those three specifically Igor Chinikov, Kromarchenko and Dmitry Vronkov, you try to keep them together as long as you can, because it's working. It's working really well. And so, We'll see what happens there, but we'll see what happens too when Patrick comes back. I mean, like the timeline, what six weeks would be mid February ish, probably early February. Early February, so probably. Well, that's the All Star break, so 
um, he might not come come back until after the All Star break. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, like, because the Jackets aren't really in this situation like they have been in the past, where they've got a lot of forwards specifically that the they'll look to maybe trade at the deadline. Um, they'll have a couple that'll be out there, but like nobody who's a game breaker. So it'll be interesting to see who ends up getting swapped. Like, we're still at this place where like I don't know who your your fringe guys are that you actually want to ride with. It's still unclear. Emil Bemstrom probably has to go back down and go through waivers again. Does he get the Liam Foodie treatment? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just don't know what would happen. Or the Eric Robinson treatment, right? Like, so we'll see. We'll see. But I guess I kind of accidentally started to shift us to the Russian line. Does that feel you like did. a good does that feel like a good place to move to next? I mean, did you have anything to add about Patrick's injury? No, I just need him to be better at being protected. We'll talk about that a little bit later because I have a fun little game for us to play at the yeah. end. So we'll we'll go in on that. But, but no, yeah. I think we can we can transition to the Russians because they are definitely um, the talk of the Blue Jackets situation right now. Um, I wish I could remember the exact stats off of the top of my head, but I think Laura, in the Laura, Laura. Have we met? Do you have the stats for of their line? Of course I do. Of course I do. The only one I can remember is that they've gotten 11 goals in the time that they've been together. Okay, I hate to tell you this. You didn't remember that correctly, and that's okay. I still love you. Um, <laughs> so this is from Aaron Port's line, but in the, um, in the nine games that they have played together since December 1st, they've had 13 goals, nine assists, and 22 points. Um, oh, I was so close on the goals. Really, you really were. Yeah, I hated. I hated to tell you that, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, Igor Tinikov has five goals, four assists, nine points. Vronkov has two, three, five, and Marchenko has six, two, eight. I mean, like point per game play from Igor Chinikov in the NHL over the stretch of, of nine games. Cause like, that's the other piece of it too. Like that's like a pretty decent sample size and he doesn't have a ton of games where he's like absolutely just popped off. Like they're finally starting to get it. Like, I don't know. Like it's just finally they're clicking. It feels good. And I think that there's a comfortability to it for them too. Um, you know, we've talked about it, especially when it was looking like Dimitri might want to go home, like that kind of stuff. Like, I think there's a real comfortability with them in all being Russian players and being able to communicate effectively with each other out on the line. Like, yes, Marchenko and Chinny have very strong English skills. Like they've really come a long way since they have come to the United States. But obviously we know Vronkov is still really struggling as far as English is considered. Um, so I think being able to be on a line together having that comfortability of being, you know, fellow countrymen and speaking each other's language um, in a, in a world where they don't get to do that very often because they are having to speak English um, with the rest of their teammates. I do kind of feel a little bit, unless Provorov is out with them, I do kind of feel a little bit for whatever defensemen are working with them because <laughs> the defensemen are probably like, um, what are they saying to each other? <laughs> Um, but you know, it's just been really nice to see them have success and to see them have success together. Um, 
especially Chinnikov, because he has said, you know, in little tidbits over the last few weeks prior to this, that, you know, he was feeling like the team didn't trust him um, and that he wasn't really sure of his role on this team and that, you know, thinking maybe a change of scenery would be better. Um, but it feels like a completely different story um, at this point. Like he seems like he's really finding his rhythm. He is getting a lot of trust from the coaching staff. They're getting to play a lot more solid minutes. Um, and it's just really been a great, I mean, Pazzy is super happy with that line. Like he loves talking about them. Um, <laughs> he said they asked him something today about, the line and he said that they said something about how they are but he can't repeat it because it's not appropriate um which i thought was funny and also it went along with a quote that chinnikov had said about ronkov which he was like ronkov is the best chirper like out on the ice um he's like but everything he says is in in russian so really marchi and i are the only ones that can like benefit from it um, and they're like, so what are the kind of the, some of the things that he says? And he's like, well, some of them I can't repeat. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but he was like, he also says words sometimes that I even can't translate. So um, Ronkov's just out there having the time of his life saying some kind of Russian gibberish to people. So, but yeah, I think everyone's just, they're really seeing the benefit of this line and, it's starting to get noticed across the league too. So, which is really fun and exciting for us to be on the positive side of things for once. How much time do you give it? A day. They're going to like, we're going to have projected lines tomorrow and they're not going to be skating together. Right? <laughs> no, I don't think he'll change it up as soon as tomorrow. Unless someone else is injured and then a forced line switch up is, necessary but i think at this point he would do whatever he could to keep that line together and just rearrange everybody else so. oh yeah if he's smart he that's what he would do and he is smart so i'm, I'm gonna give him credit here but but yeah i mean obviously they're integral on that 9-4 win against the buffalo sabers i Somebody who I want to talk about in relation to that game, though, because I thought that he played really well. I thought, and I think that like a lot of people, like I have had the sense that he has been playing better recently. And there's a moment in that game, obviously, where Buffalo is pressing, they're scoring, all this kind of stuff. And no matter how you score the goals, scoring the goals always makes a difference. And Cole Sillinger's reaction to scoring that goal that stopped the bleeding for the Jackets was, I think, indicative of how the team feels about this whole thing, right? I mean, he celebrated like he just won the Jackets. I'll say like a series, not like he just won (laughs) the Stanley Cup, but he celebrated like he just clinched a series for the Jackets. And I think in part, like how I saw that, I saw it as a couple of things, right? You've got a player who has had a little bit of a rocky start to his NHL career, really super positive first year, rough sophomore slump. Even this year, like some moments of inconsistency, but ultimately like things are starting to trend in a better direction. You can't deny that. And for him to score that goal is massive. But I think just for this team to score a goal, to stop the bleeding, to at least pump the brakes 
on the momentum here for the Sabres, that felt like a win, and it seemed like the team then played looser for the rest of the game. It just seemed like they realized that they didn't have to constantly wait for the next goal again. So they didn't have to worry about, you know, how many minutes are left in this game. They just felt like they played looser. And I have to say kudos to Cole Cylinder for doing that. And also I have to wonder, is that the kind of game, is that the kind of moment that can maybe help this team begin to get out of their own way when it comes to playing with the lead? Well, yeah, I think that you're exactly right about that, is that they finally got a glimpse of the fact that they can continue to score after they have a lead and after the opposing team starts to push. Like, for so many times in the last 19 times that they've given up a lead, like, we've seen them have a lead, think that all they have to do now is defend then not defend properly and just give up offensively. And you can't do that. You have to do both. You have to both defend hard and you have to keep trying to score. You have to keep trying to get um, into their zone and keep dragging up those opportunities and just keep shooting the puck. So goal, goal. So cool. Um, breaking that barrier and giving them that insight to like, Oh, we can still do this after we have a lead, regardless of how big the lead is. Now, obviously they had a little bit more of a cushion than they normally have in these situations last night. But like we said, you can't trust them because they've given up a huge lead before. So, but I think you're right. I think this is like a light bulb, you know, moment for them to see the potential that they have. If they just remember with a lead, you have to do both things. Like you just don't defend the lead. Like you have to keep playing the game as if you're still trying to win. Like it'd almost be better if they didn't, <laughs> they didn't know the score so that they like just kept trying to score. Um, but yeah, that was the first time and his celebration was priceless. Uh, just because I want so such good for him because he struggled for so long and he has been playing so much better this year. Um, he hasn't necessarily been getting goals, but he has been playing much better. He has been a great teammate um, and really helping his other teammates shine. Uh, so kudos to Cole for busting that barrier last night. Yeah, and, and like you said, there's not a player who you'd rather see make make that happen, at least in a situation like this. It feels good to see Cole on the right side of this. And, you know, it's a great play to set him up too. Like, it, granted, was was a messy goal. It's one where you, you're told constantly you keep your stick on the ice when you're in a position like Cole was, and he didn't. He got rewarded for it. And, you know, kudos to, I want to say – Okay, I'm looking now because I frankly cannot remember for the life of me. Who? Oh, and now it's going to play the video. I don't want to see the video. Why would I care about this? I hate this new NHL app in a way that I can't even begin to describe. It was... Zach Wierenski got the puck. Okay. 
Zach Wierenski got the puck. I had to watch it happen so I could tell everybody, Jesus age. But that was a hell of a play by him, though. Like, and Zach has quietly been doing that. Like, Zach hasn't been scoring a ton of goals, but he's been dishing them out like crazy so far this season. So, you know, good for everybody involved. The Jackets find a way to win in Buffalo. I don't really ever like to talk about them playing the Devils. So, no, let's not. We don't have to. Okay. Yep. Um, Daniel Tarasov is playing hockey again. Yes, but before that, I was we haven't we didn't fully talk about the hat trick. Oh yes, go ahead. So uh, Kirill Marchenko, um, it's not his, it's not his first career hat trick, is it's it? His, it's his second. Yep, it's second because I, I thought he got one last year. Um, so yeah, Kirill Marchenko gets his first or not his first, his second career hat trick. I think his first natural hat trick though. Yep, that's correct. Um, so gets three goals in a row, row last night against Buffalo one of which is just the talk of the town in the NHL, which is, which I think is, it's not the hat trick goal. It's the second goal, um, which is a super crazy, impressive between the legs play that like everyone sort of like stopped in their tracks when he did it. Um, And it was just all over every single hockey platform over the last 24 hours is just this, crazy play that he's been practicing um apparently for the last few weeks and said that he wasn't sure um if he'd ever get the right opportunity to do it and he just said spur of the moment last night he found himself in the right position and did it and it worked and like the whole team lost their mind and then of course 18 seconds later off of a face-off Kirill gets the third goal um, in a hat trick, it's the fastest two goal, fastest consecutive consecutive goals in Blue Jackets history. Um, Eighteen seconds apart by the same player. Um, so lots of big moments for him, and you know, lots of really valid attention for for him across the board. I mean, every correspondent was talking about him. Um, and I, I was telling Jeremy earlier that um, Bouchagras said something interesting about um, Marchie, where he said he reminds um, he reminds him a lot of um, Pasternak um, in like his shot and his scoring abilities. But something that he wanted Kirill to improve upon is like his grit and his like fierceness. And so he wanted him to be more like. Um, I don't know, commandeering on the ice and stuff like that and like change his his attitude and perspective. And I found it so heartwarming that so many Blue Jackets fans were like, so we see where you're coming from. But like one of the things that we love most about him is that he gets pure joy out of playing hockey. Like, and he's known for his like positive attitude and his just love for being able to play hockey professionally. So, like, we don't want him to change his attitude or his perspective of how he is on the ice. And, you know, people being like, we have other players to do that. Like, he has Dmitry Vronkov on his line. Like, if anyone's going to, like, no one's going to be super scared of Marchie initially. But if Dmitry Vronkov comes after you, like, that's someone to be scared of. So, we beg to differ with Bouchergrass on that one. But... Could not be happier for Kirill. Um, hopefully this is the first of many because um, he does seem to be on quite the hot streak. 
Um, he keeps doing things with the coaching staff where he pretends that his stick is on fire, which I think is really hilarious. So, and of course he said he upgraded his saying to um, four, tri- four check, hat trick, paycheck. So. It works out. It does. It does. I, and here's the other piece of it. I actually don't know that I would say that Kromachenko doesn't have a little bit of grit in his game. Like, I actually think we've seen it at times. I think the funniest part about it, though, to me is, like you said, as long as he's playing with Dmitry Vorankov, I don't think he's got to be the one. I think he's fine. I think that he'll learn probably a little bit more of how to play with some of that grit, though, which could be good it went for if and when they're ever separated. Like, that's not a bad thing. So he'll continue to learn through that, but yeah, I mean, I guess we can kind of from from one Russian to another. We'll shift to to, to Neil to to Neil Tarasov. That was rough. Oh my god, are you drinking a diet Pepsi right now too? Why are you mm-hmm. drinking diet Pepsi by choice? I got it from work. Oh, okay. I don't yeah. sell diet coke at work. I'm so sorry to hear that, but yeah. So Daniel Tarasov is playing hockey again, which is like not new. Like he's been playing in Cleveland, but he makes his season debut in Columbus over the last. Uh, weekend and and Laura just what are your initial thoughts to him being back of course the Blue Jackets kind of you know in this precarious situation with their goaltending so just him being back like how what's been your initial reaction how are you feeling about it so far and what are you looking to see happen well we're definitely playing the carousel of goaltenders right now uh holding three goaltenders at a time um, and everyone sort of talking back and forth about what we're going to do about our goaltending situation. And truth be told, we don't have to do anything right now. Like we have plenty of roster space, like, especially because people keep going on IR, like, and so it's really not a big deal. Um, plus it does give that third goaltender that sits out, um, the opportunity to have more practice time, which all three of our goalies can benefit from because they get a rest day, you know, they get a full practice, sort of all those sorts of things. Um, But particularly with Terry, um, he's definitely sort of, because he was, uh, he was two and one in Cleveland because he had three starts in Cleveland, won the first two, lost the third. Um, And then obviously we lost against um, New Jersey and we won massively last night against Buffalo, but he has definitely, both of those games were definitely kind of a rough start for him. Like you can tell that he is still getting like his sea legs a bit. Um, He, but he tends to like, after like the first goal goes past him, he like immediately sharpens up. And like, from that point forward, he's incredibly calm. He looks very focused like he's made some incredible saves um, and he gets right back into that rhythm, but he's still in that phase where he needs a little bit of time to like warm up first on the game, which is a little bit concerning when you're a Blue Jackets fan. And anytime that people are scoring against us, people tend to freak out and be like, our goaltending is terrible, blah, 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 blah. Um, which again is not the case. All three of our goaltenders have played very well um, all four of our goaltenders actually, because Jet played as well. Um, but I'm glad that they're giving him the opportunity to get some time in. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how the rotation continues. 
Um, cause obviously they rotated Spencer Martin backed him up on Friday against New Jersey on Friday, Saturday. I don't remember what day that was that they played New Jersey, whatever day they played New Jersey. Um, Spencer Martin backed him up that night. And then last night Elvis backed him up in Buffalo. So I don't think that he's going to get the start tonight against Washington. I think um, Elvis will probably go back in because he hasn't played um, in a week or so. And I'm sure he's itching to play again, um, especially since he was coming back from an illness. Um, But I think it's good that he's, that Terry is getting more into the rotation. I hope that they are also going to like not play him with kid gloves, but like not overdo it because obviously he is very injury prone. So like giving him those breaks, I think is very necessary too. um, So that we keep him, we keep him healthy is really the main point of it Um, because he so far hasn't been healthy for a full season since we've had him on the team. So, um, but no, I think he's looked good once he's gotten in the groove. Um, Even in the loss against New Jersey, I thought he looked really good. Um, And especially last night, I mean, obviously with that push in the third period, he was going to take a lot more goals um, and he persevered. But I also think the defense played pretty well in front of him as, as well last night. Um, Erica Branson taking a lot of, um, blocking a lot of shots. Um, I was surprised that he actually came to practice today because he definitely got the shit beat out of him a little bit, but that's his role on this team. So he can take it, but no, I'm excited to see him back. It's just going to be really interesting to see, um, how we handle balancing three goaltenders. Yeah. And I mean, obviously then you have all the, I mean, Laura, it's not unknown that there's been speculation that both the Blue Jackets and potentially Elvis Merzlikens might feel like there is a breakup happening soon-ish or could happen soon-ish. Have you begun to start preparing yourself for the possibility in which Elvis Merzlikens is the the goaltender left out of this three-man tandem here? She's like, no, next question. <laughs> no, just be- I mean, no, just based off like the new mask that he just had made. Like, um, I don't think that he's necessarily ready to go. I think, again, it does put him in a position where he is probably asking a lot more of like, what are you going to do? Like, I-, I don't think that he enjoys the situation of being in a three goalie situation because Elvis likes to play and Elvis wants to play all the time. So having to be in this rotation, um, much like he and Corby were when they were both quote unquote, number one goaltenders, like he, I think is better in a situation where it's a a direct number one and number two, um, which I think he had with Spencer Martin. I think, I don't think Spencer Martin had any, anticipation of being the number one goaltender for this club like i think he very much so knew what his knows what his role is Spencer martin didn't know he's gonna be a blue jacket until <laughs> well that's true but no, like think... now that he's been here i don't think he's like oh i'm fighting for that number one goalie spot like 
I think he knows what his role is. Um, but now that Tarasov is coming back, like Elvis is just a competitive person. Like he's not ever going to be happy in a situation where he can't get the prime amount of playing time. And so in that way, I don't think that he wants to leave Columbus on like a personal reason, like, but it's more so of like what he would probably feel best for his career if they don't sort out the goalie situation or don't have a plan for the goalie situation moving forward. Well, and I'm so. not entirely positive to be honest with you that like, even if they told, like I, there's a part of me that I agree with you. I don't think it's necessarily personal with Columbus, but I, there's a part of me that wonders like if, even if he knew he was going to be the number one goaltender, like would he still feel this way? Like, and I don't know if the answer to that question is, is like, he might still feel this way. I don't know. So like, we'll wait for that to kind of, hopefully bubble down for Laura's sake, because I, I think that we need some calm waters for Laura and in, in the world that is blue jackets player transactions over the course of the next few months. But if not, just know I have your back. Okay. I'm here for you. Thank you. Of course. We'll just have to see. I mean, obviously I don't want it to be a decision that's not his, but he also has like a no, a no move like thing in his contract so like he would have to be included in the decision so those things are a little bit easier for me um because at least i know the player is considered um but i think he would i personally think he would like to say it's just a matter of whether or not he's gonna get the time that he's looking for but he really likes the new goalie coach um, he just did a whole like interview situation about the new goalie coach um, and how much he likes his style and how much he's learned um, and how free he feels with this new coach um, and that the new coach really listens to um, what he's you know wanting to improve upon, what he thinks he needs, um, all that sort of stuff. So Nick Backstrom, I think that's right, is our goalie coach. Yep. Um, so that's a positive. Um, and I think he's finally getting, not that Manny wasn't a good coach, but I think he's finally getting the coach relationship versus the, you know, mentor, um, family member sort of relationship that he had with Manny. So I think that's been really good for Elvis. Um, but we shall see. It just will not be a pleasant experience. For no, me. no, 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 it won't so. be. It's now a bad time to tell you that Cam Atkinson also had a modified no trade clause. Should I keep but Philadelphia in? was on his list, which means they didn't right. have to ask him about it. No, right, correct. So I get what you're saying, though. Like to at least know that, like this is not a could trade to any team. I already that. know that Cam didn't want to leave. <laughs> I also think that it's funny because I know that there are people who are listening to this episode who heard you say the thing about his goalie mask, Elvis's goalie mask, and they're mm-hmm. like. Ryan Johansson had a whole basketball court put outside of his house. It was the Blue Jackets. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> like the hey, summer before he got traded. I'm just keeping all points of positivity. His new mask is beautiful, though. I can't wait to see the finished. Like, it has red and blue roses all over it. It's so beautiful. I mean, Elvis always brings it with the with the mask game like there's no denying that he does 
there's no denying that. Well, Laura, you know, one of the things that happens on Christmas, speaking of bringing it, is the the art of gift giving, the art of giving back, the art of, uh, you know, receiving and all this kind of fun stuff, right? And so I thought to wrap up this episode, it would be a good time for us to talk about our Blue Jackets wish list. That's right, our BJ wish list. And um, don't call it that. <laughs> whatever you do, don't call it that. Uh, whatever you do, please, for the sake of God, stop calling it that. <laughs> it's like <laughs> if somebody, can somebody who is smarter than me do an AI like cover of the new Share Christmas song? And, and say that like because <laughs> she talked about like that's all I want this like I just need you to work in BJ what was it BJ wishlist BJ wishlist yes work that in work that in and we'll play it on the next episode but Laura I want to go over your blue jackets wish list and this could be I you could go any which direction you want whether it's a gift that the blue jackets give to you a gift that you would give to the blue jackets a gift that the blue jackets deserve but like you don't have the power to give it to them like all of that kind of stuff whatever your heart desires so laura what direction did you go with this challenge laura always gets these text messages for me five hours before we record four or five hours before we record i'm like hey by the way content idea for the show go so Yes, you do always like to spring these upon me last minute. For what it's worth, though, you never have more time to prepare than me because when I send it to you, it's the first time I've thought of it, and then I don't even start preparing any of my answers until probably after you do. <laughs> That's true. When we logged onto this, or no, when you called me before we started the actual recording session, is you were like, I have one of the three things and i was like oh we're about to record in like a half an hour well and as so, we're about to start the segment i have two. Oh, so we're just gonna come up with the third one on the fly we're gonna hope for the best okay um well i kind of took it as we were talking about it where we could do kind of like a fun thing like a sort of fun silly thing absolutely so i kind of want to start with that one and i want to bring back the actual pizza song that they do in the arena when they throw out the pizza boxes. I feel betrayed. How do you feel betrayed? I love that song. You hate that song. No, I hate the chili chance. No, you hate. You hate the pizza song. I will go back to prove it. There have to be episodes where you're talking about hating it. I, I do not hate the pizza song. I had suggested that we include the pizza song in some way shape or form in our intro music and laura told me no so fast well first of all we couldn't do it because it's copyrighted i had found a copyright free version of it that i was going to use and hope for the best okay we don't have money to be sued so and plus i would have only played it under the certain threshold because we do that sometimes yeah the 30 second before they can we just won't ever be monetized on Cease and desist you. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I don't think, I don't, maybe I'm just missing it and being nostalgic, but like that is one of the first things that I thought of when we said this today was to bring back the pizza song. I, listen, I am here for it. Like I'm rooting for that as a matter of fact, like it would be my preference. 
But if I'm wrong and I used to hate it, then that's a past me problem. New me wants to bring it back. I like that. So, I like that. That's my my first Blue Jackets wish list item. Fair enough. Well, I mine's kind of funny, kind of serious. Okay. I'm going to go with a Givenchy bubble wrap suit for Patrick Laine. And it has to be Givenchy because I feel like it has to be high fashion, but something to provide both fashion and protection for number 29. The bubble wrap itself is filled with the air from Versailles. I don't know what it needs to be. <laughs> I don't know what it needs to be, but it needs to be strong. Yeah, he just... He's just like a little porcelain doll. Or I need like a player, like not necessarily podcast favorite, but like still a valid point to say Max Domi to like. Oh, be the yes. Person who makes said Givenchy bubble wrap suit because like his he healing has some energy, sort of weird healing powers that I'm not convinced isn't like him pulling a Aaron Rodgers and just going into a cave and doing ayahuasca and like yeah there's there's something probably not legal in that scenario um but patrick did seem to get over his injuries a lot quicker when max Mm -hmm. domi was a blue jacket um i mean i don't miss max domi being a blue jacket but if we could get that skill back don't roll your eyes. I don't miss Matt. Don't Max Domi. You. Oh, it not like you... actually. No, 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 okay. no. I just... God damn. <laughs> this actually talks to me. Uh, no, it just looked like you rolled your eyes when I said that I don't no, miss Max no, no, Domi no, no, being no. a blue jacket. No, um, I had like an eye floater or something. I was. <laughs> I was like, God damn! Stop contradicting, contradicting Jesus Christ, contradicting me. Um, but no, sorry, that was just. Poor visual communication. That's okay. Um, but yeah, if we could just bring back or just transfer it to like somebody else, like if we could give Adam Fantilli the healing powers so that he could just stare at Patrick Liney's clavicle for like just a little bit of time and it would just heal. But that feels no. like a weird. <laughs> You don't think he spends time now staring at Patrick Lyon's clavicle? I'm not going to offer a comment. <laughs> I'm going to mind my goddamn business, Lou. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, I was actually going to say that. I Actually, none of what you just said. I wasn't going to say any of that. <laughs> but it, it relates to something that you just said, kind of. It pissed me off that Max Domi was wearing number 11 for Toronto. Oh, because that's Adam Fantilli's number? Yeah, like I got mad about it. And so when you mm-hmm. said Adam Fantilli in the same conversation, that's what I thought of. So apologies. That makes sense. That's but no, what... just like to bring back that person that has, or just to bring back Patrick's passion for healing. Um, but I also have to take grace at the fact that like Patrick has been through not just stuff as an athlete, but like stuff in his personal life Absolutely. in the, in the last year that like, I don't know that he's been given or taken advantage of the right opportunity to like process or go through. Not that I know him personally, but like just, and you can attest to this and I can attest to this through witnessing your process through it. But the loss of a parent is so 
detrimental to who you are as a person, especially when you are, I, I mean, I think anytime, whether you have a close relationship with your parent or not, like, but to have the kind of relationship that Patrick had with his father, like his whole, and, and the relationship that his father played to him having a career in hockey, like, that's so huge. And it just, like, I think it definitely changed something in Patrick that he just hasn't, you know, worked through or learned how to adapt to. Um, and and with that has been coming these injuries and they happen to be coming at like sort of the worst times. Like he finally starts to look like he's getting his game back and he gets saddled with a six week injury. Like, and that's just such a blow to your confidence. And like, I think you follow him on Instagram, but like he, every once in a while, like once a week or so posts like these quotes on his Instagram story that have as of late been like, when a hurdle comes in your life, like you just have to like, blah, 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 blah. Like very sort of like, motivational in a way that truly points out that he's struggling in some manner um and so i think that's something because it happened you know because it didn't directly happen to us that sometimes we forget that it's something that's happening to him um in his daily life um but yeah i do think he'd appreciate a fancy bubble wrap suit um, he definitely get he definitely get talked about. I mean, you know, from a fashion standpoint. Yeah. Would it be Maybe the not. big bubbles or the little bubbles? Little, I think. I like that. I feel like that would be more protective. I don't know why. I don't know why I feel like it would be, but it just feels like is it, it colored bubble wrap? I'm thinking the it's a line. I think it's a liner. Like I think it's like a oh, like it's the liner to the suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm going for. I think. So it wouldn't be a situation where he needed to wear like things underneath it so that he wasn't naked with bubble wrap. Oh God, yeah, no, 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 no. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm just envisioning like a Patrick Line and just like his boxer shorts, like with a bubble wrap suit on. Good God, yeah, imagine. <laughs> and socks, <laughs> like... A lot of, just like the pixels in the in the game day fits that the marketing and social media team would have to put out. Morgan wouldn't have to worry about him putting his phone in his front pocket in that scenario. No, so. nope. I don't want to know where it is. But <laughs> anywho, uh, I'll digress. Laura, what's your second item on your wish list? Um, my second item is. I would love to give the Blue Jackets a true number one center that is ready to play right now. Ready to play right now. Yes. So, and I say that because I want, I don't want there to be pressure to develop some of our potential future number one centers too quickly. Like I want them to be able to have the proper progression and get that time to like really work themselves into a number one center position 
rather than just throwing them into it and being like, we have no other option. Like you have to do this sort of scenario. And not that I don't love Boone, but like you've said multiple times, Boone Jenner isn't a number one center. Like he's just our number one center. Not you. You were like, <laughs> you said it first, trick ass. <laughs> you said, don't come for me. Jeremy's really the asshole. Um, and Boone's incredibly talented. We always say that, but he's just, he's not like when you look at other teams, number one centers, and then you look at Boone Jenner, like it's not the same capacity. So what I would want is someone who can play right now that we have short term, like two, maybe three years, like is a strong number one center can play whilst we give the appropriate amount of development to Adam Fantilli, like, you know, to these other people that are coming up to Kent Johnson, who wants to be a center, like give them these opportunities to play center on second, third lines and really develop that muscle and that skill while someone else handles us improving overall in the meantime, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I'm definitely following you. I, I mean, I can see where you're coming from. I think it obviously wouldn't hurt to make sure that you're not making guys like Adam Fantilli jump into situations that they're not ready for or comfortable in. And obviously having a number one center would be nice. <laughs> If there's no denying that, but, um, you know, it's been wild to see. I think the thing that I've been most impressed with in terms of Adam Fantilli starting to fill into that role. Now, again, not saying that that's developmentally the best thing for him, but he's performed really well five on five, not just from like a rookie standpoint, but from like a cross the league, like top five in the league in terms of like expected goals for and like high danger. Like he's played really, really well. And in such a short period of time, like he's starting to adjust to having that bigger role. I want to give credit to Pascal Vincent where credit's due. I think that what's nice about, we kind of talked about it a little earlier, right? Like the time on ice for the forwards. Yes. There is a first line, but the way in which these lines are being rolled through, you're not necessarily seeing a 20-minute, 19-minute first line kind of minutes happening with this team right now. You're, you're seeing a lot of rolling four lines and making sure that everybody's playing to a specific role. And so I, I worry maybe a little that less in, in how things are happening right now, but I do worry at your point that at some point we're going to start rushing things with people. Um, and I just hope that it, one, isn't going to deter the development of players like Adam Fantilli or Ken Johnson, or two, lead to the breakup of the Russian line. <laughs> so here's hoping. Um, okay, my number two is a little controversial, probably a little bit. Oh, no. Am I going to be upset by this? I don't think so. Um Mine is just like a rebrand. Like I'm just like, I'm rooting for a rebrand going for that. And not from like a, like marketing standpoint, but from just like a, as we're moving into next season, right. I think it's the first season with fanatics as the Jersey provider. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what I mean. I mean, like use this as an opportunity, giving them the, the creative ability to switch some things up a little bit. And I'm not saying like change the world. I don't need, like, we don't need to be like 
a whole I mean, new like do you have some ideas i none that are new from what i've said before like i really like the inclusion of like the canon as part of the primary like th- that kind of stuff right like where it's like leaning more into the identity of the team and all of that kind of deal like that i would just like to see that um happen uh, maybe it won't it probably won't but i don't know there's a part of me that would like to see it uh plus i just you, you all know me i'm like a jersey snob and so like that would be my christmas present too it's like if they rebranded i'd have so much new shit ah so much new shit. think of all the think of all the homage stuff that you would buy think of all think of all of the sweaters that we would have related to like it would just be immense it would be insane so that I, that's true. my number that's my number two okay Oh, hmm. My last wish. Hmm. I. I'm going. I'm going to give them this, but in my way of doing it, not in the way that it will probably happen, but. I'm going to do it in my way of doing it. Of course. I have no idea where this is going. I want to give the Blue Jackets an outdoor game. Okay. But I don't want it to be themed as Ohio versus Michigan. I want it to be Columbus versus Detroit. Or I don't want to do it with the Penguins because I just... That's too much yellow in one place. It's way easier to bring the red from Detroit over. Um, but, and I want it to be, and this will never happen. This will never happen. <laughs> but I want it to be, I am fine with obviously Ohio State and Michigan playing each other, like we've talked about before. Um, but I want their jerseys to sort of mimic the professional hockey team that is the focus of the outdoor game um, and sort of do it in that way where we're still including the whole Michigan-Ohio State rivalry, but that's not the encompassing factor to it. Um, And I'm not trying to hate on Ohio State. I have no skin in the game I literally do not care um but I just want the Blue Jackets to have that moment um and to finally be on that like stage in such a you know bigger big stadium and all that sort of stuff so I want to gift them the outdoor game that we've so desperately wanted and but do it in that style where truly Detroit's and Columbus are the focus and with the additions of Ohio State and Michigan. But I know that it won't happen that way. But in my world, I would love that. And where the girls teams would play as well. Granted, we've already discussed the fact that Michigan doesn't have a full-fledged women's. They just have club hockey. But we could find a team but the women have to be included. Oh, without a doubt, they have to be. And, you know, I think that, I mean, maybe we'll be pleasantly surprised. There's a small part of me that thinks that maybe we could be surprised. 
And honestly, I'd like to add in like Monsters versus Grand Rapids in the same breath. Like just let's include all levels at this point. Yeah. So, no, I'm I'm pro that for sure. Just like an epic hockey weekend. Well, I almost wonder if you could do um like I know that they've been talking about the inclusion of like professional women's hockey players in more like NHL sanctioned events in the sense of like not like games necessarily but like in all-star game and even maybe like as part of some of these like winter classic situations and so maybe that could be a cool thing too is if you had a PWHL game as a part of it like that would be sweet yeah if two of those teams wanted to travel to Ohio because obviously we don't have we don't have a team close right to us um, but if two of the you know professional the new professional women's teams wanted to come, um, I would happily enjoy like if the team from you know really any of them, but like the ones I think in closest proximity to us are um, Boston and yeah. Toronto. Mm-hmm. So those would be the closest. Um, but yeah, I'm just like an epic outdoor hockey weekend. I would like to give to gift the team as my ultimate my ultimate gift. That's or wish list item, I should say. Well, yours is sweet. Mine is just funny and stupid. <laughs> I know what it is. <laughs> oh no, you don't. Do you? I don't. I don't think so. Is it not? Boomer? No. Oh. No, because... Are you including Boomer in your rebrand? No, not necessarily. Okay. I'm open to being brought into conversations about it, though. So Okay. So if you're listening, hear that. But, um, no, I just want some goddamn peace and quiet. That's my <laughs> oh, you two. mean you just want them to play? Like, you just want them I to I just want some theme? goddamn peace of quiet. Yeah, I just I just want it to be calm for a second. You I do realize that that cuts down on the content for our show and business. You know what? Here's the piece. Um, they're not listening right now anyway. If they are not committed <laughs> to us, they're not listening. The team is fucking... Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not worried about that at this point. Like, give, give me a, a month of it in this season because everybody's already kind of checked out. Like if you're here and you're listening at minute 75 of the show tonight, it's because you get it and you you're here with us and you are going to be here with us. If we have three weeks of the blue jackets, they went six and six and three. Okay. Like that's not bad. That's not bad. Like three, one here, little four, two there, a five, four nail biter in overtime. All right, cool. Sweet. But then they lost six to two that sucked but like nobody's mad at anybody (laughs) like nobody's been pissed nobody's asked for a trade like nobody has gotten hurt we've actually had a few guys come back into the lineup you know everything is peaceful like that's what i'm that's what i mean like that's what i want we could talk about that for days on here are you kidding me we we honestly really don't talk about hockey that much on this show anymore (laughs) We talk about hockey adjacent things. Yes, because that's really what they're giving us. I just want to talk about hockey on this shit. 
And so give us that. That's what I'm wishing for. And that's for me. And also it's really you. because he misses talking about statistics and wanting to use that knowledge. Partially. Like some of it, yeah. Like some of that is true. Like some of it is me missing, and we are not doing this. But it's part of me missing the like just talking about the games after they happen. That's fine. That was a good time. Oh, well, maybe one day. Yeah, maybe one day. And it really never even was that because it was like episode fucking like four when Patrick Line and Peter, like when that whole thing happened. Like we really weren't that deep into this whole thing when that whole. Well, yeah, it's never been that way in the time that we've been doing this show. Like we started in a shortened COVID season. There was a fucking global pandemic happening when we started this show. I mean, okay, so to reiterate, some goddamn peace and quiet. Okay, sound good, um, to everybody. Sounds great. Thanks. That was maybe, fun. maybe in like the first month of the playoffs when we're not in it, nothing will happen with the team. Why'd you say that? It's a possibility. Sure. Yeah, no, it's a possibility for sure. Maybe they'll wait till the second month of the playoffs to. Everyone shit up. Yeah, no, maybe. Fuck. I don't know. I can't think about that right now. Anywho. (laughs) I wish I wish that I could grant you peace, especially at the holidays. Yeah, me too. Me as well. But it's not you, it's them. (laughs) And I've never meant that more. It's okay. I get it. But well, Laura, is there anything else on your on your hockey heart? On your on your hockey wish list as we approach this holiday season. Um, no, not much. I mean, there is a really funny um, little video clip out today of Cole Cylinder and Sean Corrali trying to name Billboard's top ten rappers. I don't know why they were doing that with them, but it was so funny because. First of all, you learn that Cole listens to a lot of rap and Sean Crowley is only familiar with like rappers that have been featured on TikTok or are from the 1990s. So like Sean Crowley is all of us. He is just so wholesome. Um but yeah, it's really funny. Um and they just like randomly put it out today and I was like I needed this in my very busy afternoon to take a minute and a half break to watch them debate um, who the top 10 best rappers were. So it was just so random. So. And I love. If you need a laugh. And I'm sure we're going to get some sort of weird holiday video here shortly with like all the players wishing everyone a happy holidays. It's going to be a good time. Just like the forced, like the forced stare into the camera. Hey, everyone. Well, it won't be him because I don't know how much he's speaking, but like the Boone Jenner look down into the camera. Hey, everyone. It's Boone Jenner. Happy holidays. Hi, everybody. Yeah, he's like, ha- like waving to the Just little. waving with a straw. A uh, mess. Mess, but I just I was 
doing a bad podcasting and I was watching the video without volume. No, you need to watch it with volume. No, I know, but I'm just like trying to like the Missy Elliott guess was elite. And he doesn't even count that as a guess. That's so good. And Rick also Rick Ross, he guessed Rick Ross. Okay, anyway, I gotta stop. <laughs> also, spoiler, Cole says Jay-Z and then asks, he sings another song and goes, Who sings this? And yeah, Sean's Empire, like Empire State of Mind. <laughs> Sean's like Jay-Z. Jay-Z. <laughs> but now I'm so just gonna yeah. have the, the Rick Ross oh, in my head for the rest of the night. I was really into Rick Ross. I can see that. Sean also says Ice Spice. I hate that. It's a weird. I, I the cringiest thing that's ever ended up on my for you page are those like teenagers who get asked like, "What's your go-to celly?" and they're like, "The Ice Spice." That's foul. That's grotesque. Gen Alpha needs ketamine. Oh. Quickly. Don't say that. I mean it. Matthew Perry died from ketamine. Okay, yeah. I'm talking like in a controlled way. His was also in a controlled way. Oh, was it really? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Damn, that sucks. Anyway. He doesn't mean it, folks. I really don't. But they're insane. The children are. They need a I'm, chill pill. I do mean that. Yeah. Okay. We said the same thing. Just nicer. Right. No, correct. That's usually how this works. <laughs> and every now and again, we confuse it for being not the same thing. True. But. Do you have anything else on your. Hockey heart? Yeah. No. It's kind of cold right now. And by that, I mean, it's not cold. It's just tired. That's understandable. Yeah. But, all right, Laura. Well, when there are things on our hockey hearts, though, we like to tell people about them. And we we, we usually do that in the form of social media or some other avenues. And so I think that it's really important that the good folks who have stuck it out for 81 minutes, shout out to y'all, get the chance to know where they can find us. Absolutely. You can follow our personal Twitter accounts or X accounts or social media accounts at um, ITR Jeremy and ITR Laura. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Subjectively Pod. You can follow us on Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube at Subjectively Speaking. Uh, we also have a website, subjectivelyspeaking.com. And it definitely won't get to you by Christmas. Um, but if you want to use some of your Christmas money, uh, and get yourself uh, some sweet merchandise and also support your two favorite hockey podcasters. You can check out our merch store, subjectivelymerch.com. And lastly, you can rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on, particularly Apple Podcasts. You can scroll on down, hit five stars. It is our favorite number. Um, and again, we don't know how the algorithms work. We just know that um, all of your likes and subscriptions and comments and stars and whatnot um, helps to get us noticed in the hockey podcast charts and helps to bring more people to this lovely little community of ours. But other than that, I want to wish you a very, very happy holidays. And we will see you one more time, at least before the new year. But we hope you have a lovely time with your family and friends. And if this time is tough for you, 
please know that you are in our hearts and we are sending you lots of love um, this time of year. Absolutely. And just to kind of, again, echo Laura's sentiments, wishing everybody a very, very happy holiday season. And similarly, if the holiday season is for you, like it is for me at times, difficult, please just take care of yourselves, take care of one another, and we will talk to you all very, very soon. But not until y'all remember that hockey is for everyone. Bye.